Uh, hello and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I am Bill Price. And today we are talking games, as usual. I don't know why I preface that with as if it's going to change. And today <laughs> we're juggling and describing it for your benefit. We're taking a, a turn and we're just going to talk about board games. Today is all sound effects. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're all doing them ourselves. It's not we don't have right. a soundboard. Yeah, because we can't afford that. <laughs> what do you think we are? Sponsored by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I wish. Please yeah. do. Please sponsor us, Disney. <laughs> Anybody, really. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we will do as usual. Jump into what we played, and um, we are fresh out of a couple of game nights now, and yeah. so I think this could be a pretty big section. This yeah, time. actually, yeah, quite a bit. Um, I'll start off with uh, last night. I played. Um, that's uh, a, a game that's in German, <laughs> and I have to uh, look it up real quick because it's uh, "Die Tavernen im Tiefental," which is basically the tavern in I think the Thieves' Hall or something to that effect. And it is by the same designer that designed uh, Quacks of Quedlingburg, which we obviously all like. Yes, um, We talked about that previously. And this had a lot of the same elements, um, just kind of in a little different style. Um, the iconography was very similar. The way that you tr- have certain things that you can use to like reset other things. Um, I'll... I'm getting into the minutiae here, so I'm going to step back, 10,000-foot view. <laughs> this is a game about um, you are in, there's this medieval town, and you are a tavern owner, and you are competing with other tavern owners to um, upgrade and serve beer to your, beer and schnapps to your tavern guests and earn money uh, to buy basically uh, cards and uh, better customers and things like that that can get you more stuff. Uh, And ultimately, it's whoever has the most victory points at the end is the winner. And so everybody has these these big player boards in front of them that uh, are all modular. So it's it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle, really. All these pieces, they flip upside down uh, when you upgrade them and they connect back uh, onto the main board and uh, it's really really cool uh, you have these tables up top you have um, a spot for like a dishwasher that does an effect a waitress that gives you um, extra die to roll uh, in effect it is a dice drafting game um, as well as a uh, press your luck uh, in a similar style to the bag building element that um, Quex of Quedlingburg has, this does it with deck building. So it is basically a deck builder dice drafting game. And it is really, really cool. Um, it's not going to make much sense to really get into the minutia of how it really works, but uh, it has a lot of really cool elements, shares a lot in common with Quacks of Quedlingburg. In fact, if you like Quacks um, and you're ready for the next step up in complexity uh, while still maintaining that that vibe, that pressure luck feeling, some similar rule sets, uh, that whole overall style, um, this is your game. 
Um, unfortunately, it is, as you can tell from the name, um, it is not available in English yet. Uh, it's not stateside. You have to order it in its original German form off the internet. Uh, will take a long time to get. Um, but it, uh, my understanding is it's going to be released in the United States in about a year. Um, and I'm certain at that point it'll be up for, you know, Kennerspiel des Jahres, just like its little brother. <laughs> so, um, but it's a, it's a really neat game. If you can get your hands on it, definitely do. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, what's, what's one you play? Um, I'll go way back to uh, last. Well, I'll just I guess I'll just jump to the last one. Uh, Aeon's End is what I played all the the whole time. I showed up late to game night, and um, we had <laughs> that very rare occasion. It usually doesn't happen this way, but very rarely it does, <laughs> where we have the perfect number of people, um, and they're in games. And usually we have people trickle in. We had a low attendance last time, which for us means like ten people still showed up. But um, that's the lowest in probably like six months. Yeah, a long like. time. Yeah. But um, but anyway, when I showed up, there are two games with full complements of people going, and and uh, <laughs> and so I just didn't have anything to play with, which is fine. I knew I was going to be late, and I actually had brought Aeon's End because I was really I was just kind of jonesing to play it because I hadn't played in a while. And luckily, that is a one-player game, and so I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll just start a one-player game <laughs> and start refreshing myself on Aeon's End while you guys finish their game." So I got a good uh 30 45 minute solo playthrough of Aeon Zen going um which is fine because one thing i find myself doing with that game is introing a lot and the bad guys are rated in difficulty and i've never done the two hardest bad guys i've ever experienced them and each bad guy is so well designed they feel and play totally differently and so the one i went after was the um uh not the crooked mass the uh glutton the glutton of something or something gluttonous and what he does is he eats your marketplace away and basically what he does the story text is he's like somehow like when the bad guy comes to the gravehold the city of gravehold he easily gets beaten back but then suddenly people start realizing they're forgetting things like names and how to do things (laughs) and so the way that plays out in the game is he eats your marketplace away which is how you build your deck and so he slowly but surely absorbs it it's really cool effect it's a really neat Hmm. way, way to play against but yeah he is super hard and i was getting my ass kicked <laughs> soundly and then thankfully i was about to lose i think or i won my way to lose and then uh and then we reshuffled and then i uh asked if anyone else wanted to try the game and i got a couple other couple other people come in orlando and uh jeff came in to to help me lose another game because <laughs> we got crushed as well <laughs> yeah orlando said he said that uh this was a particularly bad bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah we played um I've I've decided the best way to intro the game is is as they suggest, which is to start with the base bad guy, the rageborn guy, which is basically just like a bruiser guy. He just gets stronger and his attacks get harder or more powerful. Um, but I played the the one that comes with the base game is the middle bad guy, and her tactic is swarming, and it's very it's also very hard. The only other time um, I played a game once, Kevin and I played a game of this once. Um, just the two of us, and we played her, and it was literally the last turn. Could have gone either way, and we barely eked by, and we did win. But still, that was really freaking hard. So, um, so yeah, not the way to intro it. <laughs> we played Fair two enough. games because the first game, and I've never had this happen in the end's end, although in the system it's possible, uh, we lost very quickly. <laughs> we just, just the bad guys, the minions came out in just the right way and weren't quite prepared, and, and they just 
just walked all over us and she swarmed us immediately but then the second game we played we really got into it and played for um, a couple hours and that was really really fun so or i hope i hope they had fun they seem to they seem to but I, I left a little bit earlier you guys were still still engaged in combat but uh everybody seemed to like it so yeah yeah it's a game i'd like to try to uh, i'm definitely gonna i've been looking into expansions i really like eon zen and i've been on the fence about getting expansions because there's always more games to buy and i, I don't have a lot of expansions because i usually the variety of games I have satisfies not a lot of games that I have that I were like, I really need to play this game enough to warrant getting expansions. So it's rare the game I have, but I do like this game enough and my wife likes this game enough. And it seems like there's interest in it enough that I'll probably pick up an expansion or two, but I'm going to start bringing it more often because I do want to play more. <laughs> okay. But that was pretty much my entire game night. Aeon's end. All right. Well, I will go back to a week ago and, uh, back to a week ago you and me and your wife and oh yeah the, the rare game night where my wife made it guy some uh, dude i don't know some guy that i didn't like, like him to he, be honest he did not talk very much no. oh i thought uh, we were talking about larry uh yeah uh henry or um he was new, he was a new guy he seemed nice very soft-spoken yeah. or quiet uh, guy yeah so it seemed like a lot all the way around of a uh, lot of analysis paralysis with it and it's probably it took me an hour to explain the game because i've uh, gonna go back and visit this but i'm terrible (laughs) at explaining games um and sometimes you start explaining the wrong rules (laughs) right it it didn't it didn't go off exactly the way i had intended uh we played dead of winter and um with a full complement with five which may have been our our big mistake um it was the first you and larry have played before but it was the first time for um shelly me and um uh henry I think yep. his name was Henry. Yeah, who was there? So yeah, and Larry, new players. And Larry and I hadn't played in over a year, so uh, things were a little fuzzy at first. But I think we got got the hang of it. Um, it's it was a little slower than uh, it is with fewer people. Um, I think that it really has a tendency to shine. Uh, when you get into the more advanced scenarios, and especially when you have people who are a little more experienced with the game itself and the nuances and stuff so you can kind of get a feel for um you know when's a good time to take out the trash when's a good time to um put food in um i just made this sound like a game of chores but (laughs) (laughs) that's all kind of is a game of chores. i mean it's very very fun but it's sort of yeah there is a huge element of chores yeah i'm going to the grocery store (laughs) killing zombies is just like oh i gotta go kill some zombies yeah it's like a chore going to the gas station going to the bank going to the police station (laughs) yeah go to the library Um, get those books yeah um so it uh it didn't quite play as well as i had hoped um it would oh really i, but, I really had a lot of fun and chili did too um i, I hope so i, I didn't yeah. really get a chance to to talk back with you guys about what you thought of it but it it seemed a lot slower than um than previously uh previous games that i'd played but i had mo- i've mostly played this with people who have played it before um, it's one of Aaron's favorite games. He wants me to bring it next week, and oh he, yeah, he really I'll, wants I'll to jump play in it, on so. another playthrough. Yeah, it so. it was great. Shelly, we both had fun. We were talking about it on the way home, and um, yeah, because it was the first time we'd played, and um, you and I talked about it. I think on the last one of the earliest podcasts, or maybe last the last one. one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and so, so my list of games that I wish I had designed. Yeah, and that, and so it was fun to play it so soon after for the first time after 
have discussing it like that. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. I would love to. I could. I see what you mean, though. I mean, the, although I will say the intro scenario is designed really well, where it's not that hard. I would say mm-hmm. um, you can easily, or you should be able to eat fairly easily get through it and, and when yeah. you're when you're and objective it's, short. it's only six rounds uh, you start yeah. out with plenty of morale it's uh i mean they have scenarios that are you know up to like 10 or 11 rounds and you have like five starting morale and like <laughs> things just i mean there's it's all sorts starting of bad crazy stuff it felt like do. right after the zombie apocalypse happened so it's soon after right. and everyone's still in kind of we can do this guys you yeah. know so i could but i'd really like to play one of the more desperate scene scenarios just because it feels like i can you can it does a good job of ex, of giving you a sense of the potential of the direction the game can go right it feels like oh if this wasn't that way and i could see how this could really affect what we're doing right now yeah. thank god it is that way and i think that's sort of what it's designed as almost a tutorial type yeah it uh, felt like it but type of thing but still um, it was fun yeah so and 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 I'll, even that one has an, an alternate side where you could make it more complicated and have to like oh twice, really twice oh, as cool. many uh, samples with that, with you know half as much time is, or whatever. It, it yeah. is so hopeful right up the apocalypse. Like we're literally just taking samples. We'll cure this yet, fellas. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get the cure. <laughs> we're not beaten. Don't worry. <laughs> it's such a fake. This society's gone. What are you taking yeah. samples for? There's at least fourteen of us living in this warehouse. One of so us will know how yeah, to. Don't worry. <laughs> process we these. It. We got it. We got it. Yeah, no, it, it was fun though. I I would love to play again. So yeah, I'm I definitely jump in on a an upcoming playthrough. Okay, uh, that was all we played that night, right? It's, it was pretty much that's all we played that night. So now you have one more to talk about. Um, our BSG. BSG. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna talk about, yes. but then you threw me, and I was like, do you I have more than that? You do. Yes, we. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, Bill and I have talked about this on and off, and and um. We'd love to keep going, but kind of we kind of start off just getting like within our group. There's definitely interest in playing deeper games, and we both have deeper games that rarely get played. And so, over the holiday By week, deeper he means longer. Dan. Yes, longer. Yeah, not necessarily complex, just extremely <laughs> much, long. Much longer. <laughs> but one of those games in my collection is Battlestar Galactica, and I um, was just kind of um, sitting in my chair, looking at my collection of games and some of the games and looking at Battlescar and lamenting how low it is on the shelf with other games on top of it. And how it never gets played. And I love the game so much and it's so hard to get it played. And so, uh, we were able to set up a playthrough with full complement, six of us. Um, and, uh, outside of game, uh, night and we got it, uh, had a great, super fun time playing this game. Uh, so much again and i just playing it again i was just like oh, i forgot how much i love this game and how well designed it is so yeah we got a playthrough of that uh, my wife was also able to attend that which is awesome because she likes that game as well and um the humans did not win uh they <laughs> they died a horrible death Correct. towards the end i don't think they even that that close to cobalt <laughs> bill was a cylon yeah bill and bill and uh, brandon played their cylon roles very well bill had a pretty sweet reveal on his turn because he was admiral and he chose to do the to just not do something it wasn't even a thing he did he just chose to not do a key important thing that the admiral was supposed to do because like admiral has the option to do this which really really almost wins just it for the humans us two more and everyone looks that. at me and i go i choose not to and it they're was, like what like the whole table went silent <laughs> it was very you could t- if you'd watch the show you could just see adama in his like office and people can see through the window and he just looks at everybody and hits a button or something like what is he doing <laughs> And then he goes and flies off on a Cylon ship, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it went really, really well. It um, it it's 
awesome on two levels if you are at all into the mythology of Battlestar Galactica. If you oh, watch so the good. TV show, it is phenomenal. You could not ask for a better uh, way to represent that IP. A lot of IP games, especially really popular IP games, tend to be kind of thrown together, yeah. sort of generic. Um, but this is stands alone as a phenomenal representation of all of the the tense anxiety that went through every episode. I mean, you're on your edge of your seat the whole time because yeah. you, you know that somebody out there is working against you, but you, so you start to look for little things and those little things make you paranoid and then they make <laughs> you act irrationally and then other people pick up on yeah, that like, and think what is you're he the doing? bad guy. Yeah. Or yeah. you're the bad guy and you're paranoid and you're going to get picked up. And so exactly. there's tension all across. But it even works really well as a game if you're not into the TV show. If you right. were not, if you're like, what's Battlestar Galactica? You know what? It really doesn't matter. It still plays as a great, great game. It's I I hesitate to even call it a social deduction game, even though on its at its core, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's elephants of that. Elephants. <laughs> there's elephants, lions, there's tigers, elephants, yeah. bears of that. I'd say it's more of a zoo, zoo. Corella game. Yeah. Uh, elements <laughs> of that. That <laughs> came out of nowhere. There is a... Uh... <laughs> okay. There are heavy elephants of that. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, that's definitely a big part of it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I would I would definitely want to call it social deduction. It's just an aspect of the game. It's an important aspect, but I wouldn't say like if you're comparing to like Secret well, Hitler it, or something that is it. It's yeah, pretty it, much about that. It has the it hits the the basic elements. It's hidden roles. Mm-hmm. It's there's you know that there's one side and another side, and you don't yeah. know who's what, where, when, why. But there's there are no social deduction game true social deduction games that are this long and involved it's like take it almost takes the genre so far into uh, away from what has already been established with social deduction and makes it like almost like a whole different genre i mean I, yeah, i'm could, not sure what other games you could compare as far as this being this in depth yeah well you can kind of forget like it, it is so long and there is such deep gameplay outside of that you kind of Forget, oh, God, I've got to be one of you guys is a traitor, or at least two yeah. of you for sure. By the second half of the game, it's definitely two. Um, so you can full on play the game. And for a long time, you are just straight up playing the game, and everyone's playing the same. Even if they are silence, they're trying to hide. Mm-hmm. So they are trying to hide in plain sight. So um, you kind of forget and then remember, forget and remember. Uh, there's definitely two different games at play here. One is mm-hmm. the you are, tr- oh, we're all trying to stop. Battlestar Galactica from getting blown up by Cylons. Right. Um, that is one game involved. And the <laughs> other game is this back and forth between potential Cylons working against the humans and vice versa. So sometimes you can, like you said, get so focused on, hey, we're in survival mode here. We got to do this. We had to do this. How are we going to get out of this Cylon situation? We need to jump quick. You yeah. know, we're, we're taking heavy damage. And then you have to take into account, oh, Crap! I didn't even think about the fact that maybe there's <laughs> uh, there could be something else at play that's right. preventing us from doing this, and so you kind of have to to keep that eye on the other players, but at the same time keep an eye out for your situation because right. most of you are going for the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I was a Cylon literally from 
the get-go. So I was the only one. Yeah. Um, until And then the second half, Brandon found out he was a Cylon. And we are, we're like, Brandon played Gaius Baltar, and he is, his odds, he and Boomers, there's two characters the, that have higher odds of being a Cylon. Basically, you get a loyalty card at the beginning of the game, and but they both get, uh, guys gets two at the beginning, and then one in the middle. Um, and well, anyway, so at the beginning, everyone gets one, and then the middle of the game, everyone gets another one. Guys gets two at the beginning, and then one in the middle. Boomer gets one in the beginning and two in the middle. So both of them su- have super high odds that they're going to be the traitor. Um, but, and Brandon turned out to be, <laughs> although his odds actually were higher at the beginning. And so, right. but which is great because you're always suspicious. <laughs> of of him and if you ever see the show you're just suspicious of certain characters anyway right you just assume <laughs> you just assume you're going to treat them like Cylons regardless of what they are but no it was so fun to play and bring it out again and i it it made me wish that i did i did have an expansion of that game even though you really don't need one i mean the game is so deep and you're going to play it so infrequently that each time you play it's you're going to be able to explore it again and and it's going to feel fresh but um, it was so nice to play, and I ended up having um, the team of all the new players. Uh, although Bill hadn't played it before, but you'd done a lot of um, uh, video watching and research about it. But um, and we were doing well; they were they were doing great. And honestly, it, it was it was really fun uh, to see people exploring it and getting into the game. But then I gave it this time at the end of the game, where one of the easiest things to forget about Galactica is because it's it is very straightforward, but. You have this special super duper power, which you can only use once a, a whole game, and it's easy to forget. And most of the times, even when I've played, I'll forget until later in the game. I used mine right away, but they each had this their super duper power, which at specific key points could have extremely turned the tides. And it wasn't until much later or several turns later that each one of my cohorts were like, oh, I should use that. That would have really helped. And it was just like one of those things where we're like, we had a couple last ditch attempts where we could have gotten out and we almost did and we then we didn't and we had did i think twice and both times there were like these powers that they had that could have straight up made us win it and we had it we could have had a chance and and so it was it was infuriating but in a good way where it was just like oh you're we could have you're right we could have but anyway that's part of the game and it's very easy to forget but um <laughs> but that's the problem with when you're trying to enter the game and there's so yeah. much to remember, because I also should have remembered as well. Hey, check your sheets. We might be able to use some of these powers. Right. But, uh, and it was, it's definitely one of those games that is an experience. I yes. Mean, there's, there's some games that are just like, Hey, let's play this game while we're waiting for people to get here. Um, but you never really <laughs> remember. Yeah. Like I'll never let's remember four hours early and wait till people get a here. play of parade or a play right, of love yeah, letter. Specific, yeah. Or I mean, it's just, I'm never going to, it's one is the same as the other. Yeah. It's a way to pass yeah. time. It's a fun way to pass time, but ultimately and none of that's going to stick in your head. This was an experience. I mean, this is something that we yeah. talked about afterwards that we'll talk about, you know, in the future we're talking about now and you can hear Kaz and his voice is so excited. <laughs> I like, play it right now. Giddy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an, exp- it's one of those experience games, yeah. which it, it needs to be. Cause it was like three hour song, but, yeah. um, but it was super fun. I would absolutely play it again. I sincerely hope you don't take it out of your collection. I won't. I was on the fan. I was debating. I'm like, God, I never get a play. Should I just sell this? But I, I, uh, I have changed my mind. I really sell games anyway, just cause I feel like there's always a time and place to play them. They'll come up. Exactly. But, um, yeah well we also talked about it too like it, it that experience is it's so fun to play a game every once in a while that you do have come out with those stories and just like you can recall even l- later i still think about that ti4 game we played yeah <laughs> so long ago and all the ups and downs of that one and just the 
that's so it's so long and it really allows you to explore these greatly des- these well designed mechanisms um, and how they change over time because so many games are great but they're short and you kind of do the thing you're expected to do or do the mechanisms that can be surprises and betrayals and whatever but then the game's pretty much over and it's a lot of them obviously designed to be over so they don't drag on but just have those story arcs those personal story arcs are so fun yeah um, because it's not going to be the same the next game it's going to change most likely in large ways exactly big, um, big ways yeah we may not even play the same characters because there's so yeah. many characters there's what nine ten i think so yeah so there's 10 different characters yeah, you can be yeah, in the base a yeah. max of six players can play mm-hmm. so you're never gonna you're, you're rarely gonna play the same combination of characters yeah and even so. the cylon powers are different there's four your cylon cards and each one is different um right. And to varying degrees of severity when they release, but um, we also talked about this before. But like, and you, you couldn't take with the way Battlestar Galactica is designed within the theme. You don't have to know the story to play it, but you do lose a lot. We talked about Dark Moon, its equivalent, and BSG mm-hmm. Light, um, and how you really can't taking away from these types of games, trying to shorten that experience down just doesn't work as well you lose a lot you really do need that time of gameplay not just for the story that you're going to create in the game but also for these mechanisms to work to their full potential and not everything works not all games would be better if they were longer but specifically this one right is so satisfying partly because of the length yeah and it sounds ridiculous to say that like there's almost this like sense of camaraderie that builds up yeah by the time you're getting towards the end like you all feel like you've been through something together totally yeah yeah. so so that it's it's an even bigger betrayal when somebody comes out (laughs) as a cylon or when something because you've been relying on that person you've been having high five buddy moments with this person exactly and 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 tell you uh, to your face so it is it is really neat and (laughs) it is going to the replicant ship it's definitely something that Dark Moon um, misses out on, really misses out on. So, um, but that's uh, that was last episode, two, yeah. two episodes ago. The <laughs> biggest disappointments. Um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So that was our half the show right there of yeah. our, uh, what we played. But we had some great plays this last couple of weeks, um, and uh, definitely worth talking about. Next um, week will probably be a lot shorter on that. So. Yes, <laughs> next week will be abrupt, very abrupt, and yeah. Like, what did you play? Nothing. Ah, not much. <laughs> Parade in space face. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to the old standbys. Right. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Um, we have another top five list. Yes. And that is the uh, our top five biggest surprises from a design perspective. So what this, this is, is this is a list of not necessarily our favorite games, or not necessarily games that we think are the coolest or the best, <laughs> although I think these are all great games. Um, but they are games uh, that I was not necessarily expecting to like. I was either expecting to dislike or was kind of mad on it when I played it, and something in the design really caught me and made me take notice and was like, wow, this is a legit surprise. Mm -hmm. I did not expect to feel this positively about this game. So um, I think I went first last time. Uh, Okay, I'll start with a game I've mentioned many times before, but I keep coming back to it. This is one of my favorite games, uh, and that's just Arkham Horror LCG. (laughs) The reason why it surprised me is just... um, I really love, and I'm sure I mentioned this before, I just love games that have a theme 
in-depth story theme that you can explore. Uh, adventure games are games that you can really get into. And I think Ar- Arkham Horror LCG specifically does it um, the best that I've experienced in a game that's as short as it can be. I mean, it can be. Each gameplay is a little different. But the reason I like it and why I was so surprised by it is how rich the world felt when we um, when we when I played it for the first time and continued to play it. And uh, it's just such an amazing job. And it always astounds me the amount of writing that goes into this game of really individual characters, individual scenarios, the thought of each uh, expansion theme design um, is seems to be very well done and they're all very different but each time I play this game I'm always re-surprised about how much I feel like I'm in the story right away and and that's pretty much it I mean the game I can go on and on about how much I love the game and why and mechanisms but what really surprised me is just the depth of the story very few games or you're seeing more and more I guess but there are very few games that take it upon themselves and very few companies can honestly take it around themselves to write that much material for one single property one single game right. and it's so 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 expansive but well it's, it's something you could never see from a smaller publisher yeah. because they just don't have the manpower the time i mean the the just the amount of effort as far as even even art resources yeah. toss art on top of just almost seems like limitless amounts of flavor text and uh story depth and everything and it's i mean this it feels like it's a you know, 30-person team working on this, which Fantasy Flight, it probably is. Probably, probably was, um, yeah. But yeah, it it, um, it definitely it surprised me too. I didn't, uh, when I bought it, I bought it at the recommendation of some review online. I think it was Z Garcia with the Dice Tower liked it. And so I bought it, and I kind of expected just like, I don't know, like a solo card game kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, it really took me by surprise as far as uh what all of a sudden this deck of cards was capable of doing right a deck of cards and like a sack of chaos yeah two clues or whatever (laughs) um and you're like i i was not aware that you could do something this in-depth and this neat just with cards and it it's one of those games that that kind of inspired me to to sort of delve more into what can you do with cards mm-hmm. and as you know from a lot of the games that i've designed and we've designed like cards are a huge element of right like most of them the early prototype stuff is all cards yeah so that um i that that's a great choice that's a great choice so, yeah um let's see oh yeah so uh, the only other thing I was going to say is like is, is indie. The only other indie I can think of is Seventh Continent that has that depth. But those guys who designed that, I mean, they spent years of their lives, almost a full time job, writing and re- editing, and they also had a team. I believe they had a, a team of cohorts that were were helping them with it. But it's just such an undertaking that yeah. when it happens and it plays as well as this game does, and the theme and the mechanisms can tie in, it's just like mind blowing. It's astounding. So. Agreed. Anyway, all right, what do you got? All right, uh, my first one is uh, one we spoke about, I think, in episode three, maybe, um, and that is Ethnos. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've I've heard about Ethnos. Meh. I saw uh, Ethnos. <laughs> saw a picture of Ethnos. <laughs> Meh. Uh, I, I looked through the box of Ethnos. Meh. <laughs> 
And I read the back of the box. <laughs> mm, and so I'm like, okay, uh, this is not going to be a fun game. But um, but when we played it, there were some really amazing design elements in there that we've we've talked about. But um, the idea that, especially that idea of like the deck building, and then you play, you have to play all of your cards, you know. So it's uh, and then you're back to basically building from scratch. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, but it does still feel like you're kind of almost building an engine, uh, as you start progressing and adding more, um, more sets and stuff like that. Uh, it, it really works. And I, it's, it's such a shame that it looks so terrible and I, it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of marketing push behind it. Um, it's definitely an unsung hero, um, but it totally took me by surprise because it is not attractive. It does not look fun. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even sound fun if we're being honest, but it was a ton of fun, so much fun. We played it twice in a row and it's not a super short game. So, yeah. um, I, that's my, one of my, that's my number five, uh, biggest surprise. Yeah. That's a good one too. Ethos is just, it's a surprise on so many levels cause it sets you up for not a surprise at all. It sets right. you up for such a mundane, boring kind of going through the paces. Uh, this is sort of a game. We just threw some mechanisms together and, <laughs> and it's technically works. So there you go. It looks but like yeah. we put a bunch of clip art in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also took the sat- color saturation down to 40%. <laughs> um, <clears throat> It uh, yeah, it, that's that's a good one. I was also surprised by that. Just um, just how well everything worked. It was it was uh, it, it's also the one cool thing about Ethnos too is if if any of these games you go out and buy, Ethnos is an amazing deal right now because no one it it it's just no one thinks it's going to be any good until they actually play it. There's a there's people out there who've played it and really like it, but yeah, the the way the mechanisms tie Oh, yeah, it's really well reviewed. Yeah. Very well reviewed by by everybody it just it looks so bad i think it it works and it doesn't sound interesting ethnos yeah everything about it's bland and it could have been anything it didn't have to be in this weird fantasy setting like super generic fantasy yeah, setting dwarves. with like halflings yeah. and dwarves and elves. <coughs> wizards yeah wizards I mean, are a race apparently <laughs> it, it could have been a million different things that would have helped it sell and i feel like it, it really did itself mm-hmm. a disservice uh, on what otherwise is a great game yeah and it's also those little spaceship looking discs i mean those are just weird those just those yeah. of the components those seem the most out, out of place in style design because yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it has anything to do with their oddly bright medieval. colors they look like flying saucers yeah yeah and they're it's not like crowns or anything like yeah. I, I could see a million things you could make them but they decided to go with like weird flying saucers. Yeah. So. And I mean, they are fun to play with in game, but looking at the game, it's like, what those are yeah. off, obviously out of place. So exactly. it almost looks like a play tested beta version that they were, we'll All get, right. we'll, we'll change these, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Oh yeah, crap. Sure. We sent those off. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I right. is a great one. All right. All right. Back to you. <clears throat> yeah. Let's clear my throat right into the microphone. All um, right. my next one is one, um, that I, um, uh, that you, we talked about recently, that it was a Kickstarter one of yours, but I just really liked it. I was just so surprised at how fun the theme worked and felt so appropriate to the game. And I just had a lot of fun playing it. That was born to serve born Good to serve. One. We've talked about, so I won't get too in depth, but basically the premise is, is that, 
Um, superheroes used to get funding from the government to do their jobs. They're kind of like like the uh, Incredibles storyline where they're sort of part of the government. Um, then all of a sudden there's a law passed and they get no funding. And so they're scrambling um, to find money and they go. Um, they are a bunch of them answer a help wanted sign at a restaurant, but there's not enough open jobs for all of them to fill. So they have to compete in one night or one day of waiting tables to um, earn some money and earn the earn the spot. So that's the premise. And basically you are using your kind of like street level superhero powers to be a better server. <laughs> and I just, it's so stupid, but so fun. And it's just so silly. Um, I just like the game. It's got a really, uh, each character is different. There's a lot of them that come with a base game. Um, so you have a lot of variety in who you can choose from. And they all, they all do their own thing in a unique way and the way it does feel like you're trying to get the attention and work a work or a restaurant i mean you're not exactly waiting tables you're more specific to customers so if there's a table with multiple people you're actually trying to serve as many people of those as you can or you're specifically serving one or two uh, instead of a full table but it does feel like the chaos of like a busy restaurant and restaurants going up and down in the sense like you know there's all oh, that table's full of horrible tippers or they're regulars and yeah they're all okay but i mean but look at this guy look he's he looks like he's uh, gonna tip really well and then you flip the card and you're like no he doesn't tip at all <laughs> what a jerk um so anyway just uh i had such fun with that game more than i expected to um in a lot of ways it's just the theme tied really well together and the feel of the game always kept me in mind that i was doing the theme i was serving tables i wasn't like out of it at any time right. yeah no i uh i was also quite surprised and uh which i shouldn't be because it's a kickstarter i ordered <laughs> um but i i just loved the the theme so much and i was a little on the fence whether or not the it, it could be the final product would be a good, fun, deep game. Um, and it actually was. And so, yeah, I was uh, also very pleasantly surprised about that. So that's Born to Serve. The one complaint I have about it, and we've already talked about this, maybe not on the podcast, is the the score sheet. It's a game where you can get a lot of points, and it's and it's um, most likely you're going to lap the score sheet and start over again, <laughs> if you'll be token. And for some reason, the <laughs> score sheet stops and leaves out, like, what does it go up to, like, uh Goes up to like 45, yeah. I think, and then back to one. And then you start over, <laughs> but when you flip your token, it says you're starting at 50. So technically, it, it loses five points. And so if you lap, you're automatically given five points for some reason. Maybe that's by design, but that doesn't seem fair. It's, if you're leading, you get an extra five points because yeah. you're crushing it. Yeah, I don't quite know how that works. But um, yeah, it's it's really it's it's a spacing issue. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like so. they forgot to put one last space... For, anyway, it yeah. could be by design, but it doesn't make sense. It could be. But uh, anyway. All right. So my number four um, is a smallish two-player game um, called Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. Mm. And it was um, – it's a game that my – I got a – when I first started getting into the hobby a couple years ago, um, and uh, – two players so i was looking for a lot of two-player games and so i took it uh with my wife and i took it to a pub and we're playing it and we played it we must have played it four or five times in a row and then it became a big favorite uh we've probably played this 20 or 30 times um it's not very long it's uh it's worker place two-player worker placement game um but it really really surprised me uh 
in that it's uh, it's very variable. It's super replayable. Um, it doesn't have. It's got a deck of cards that are the worker placement spots, and then it's got uh, this layout, and so you never know in a game when uh, certain worker placement spots are going to come out. So out of the like 12 cards or whatever, you're only ever going to play like 10 worker placement spots and uh, they don't all come out at once. So they like a group of them do. And then you play with those. So there may be things you really want to do, but you may never be able to do them in that game. So you have to kind of figure another way around it. So every game's pretty unique in that regard. Um, And so it always presents, you know, certain issues. We have one guy who generates maybe a lot of something, but you can't spend it on the guy that you really want to spend it on. Um, And things like that. And there's, of course, like the the three spots that are always there, um, you know, so that you you have, there's some consistency. But it's... um, it's really neat. It's back and forth. Uh, everybody has three worker meeples and, you know, they play some alternating order and, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And the scoring mechanism is actually where I got the inspiration for, um, the game that, uh, we designed, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Epic Battle Aftermath. And, um, in that you collect sets of cards and, uh, it's worth, whatever the value is minus what the other any sets that the other player has oh interesting so it's uh it was it's it's similar design uh it's not yeah an exact one-to-one but uh that's kind of where the inspiration for that scoring mechanism came from and i'd never seen that before yeah uh so this this game was surprisingly deep surprisingly fun um my my wife at the time was not uh like a big gamer like she is now much much more so now Um, (laughs) but they were it was pretty limited on what she really could get into and really like and uh and she to this day will still say hey how can we haven't played home home sherlock and mycroft in a while and so um very cool game and uh definitely a surprise i got it because i like holmes and i like sherlock holmes stuff and i like uh two-player games but i did not expect it to be as overwhelming a success as it was. That's one that I keep, that's one I have not played it, but it's one that I, every once in a while I'll, I'll hear reviews or uh, I hear it popped up. It pops up every once in a while. It's one of the things that just keeps popping up. Like people liked it or reminiscing about other games that'll come up. So it's definitely on my list. I like Sherlock Holmes a lot. I have um, the uh, Sherlock Holmes, what are they? The, it's like a series of uh, mysteries to solve. Oh, is it um, the, yeah, um, uh, investigate detective or something. Detective. Yeah, it's investigation, yeah. something like that. And basically, yeah, you have like a map of London and you have all these clues and you follow the story. It's more story driven. the same one. Yeah. I've I never have, played it. I have, I've started several times and then I, something came up because it, it definitely is one of those you got to commit. Consulting to like, detective. Consulting detective. There yes. you go. Consulting detective. And I can't wait to get a play in, but it's one of those ones where I'm like, I just want to want to have a nice beer and a nice evening and just like settle in with this experience of that would be a Sherlock good Holmes one i night. think for a, a game night like at mm-hmm. brandon and kaylee's yeah where that we would can, be fun we should do yeah, that where we can all kind of get together for a few hours and play out yeah one or two of these because no, they're, they're lengthy very story engaging and yeah and it'd be fun it'd be fun to play with a small group to kind of yeah. compare notes but Agreed. but no i um i remember re- watching a review of that game um uh, I think Shut Up and Sit Down did one a long time ago, and they really liked it. And I just, 
I like Sherlock Holmes quite a lot, a lot as well. And so I, I remember thinking, oh, that sounds awesome. And for whatever reason, it kind of fell off my radar. But um, I didn't realize you actually owned that. So yeah, we, you should bring, bring that it. one night, and I would love to play that. I'll so. bring it next time. All right. Uh, my next one is um, <laughs> back to the games that I always talk about. And <laughs> this is uh, Kemet. <laughs> And but I, I once again I won't go too deep into Kemet. Uh, Kemet is a war game, dudes on a map game. But one of the reasons why I love it and was su- surprised by it is the way it tackles the best. It takes the best parts, or at least for me, the best parts of dudes on a map. Dudes on a map game or games are uh, great. I like war games, but but it's definitely not my favorite genre. And they can, despite the theme, all kind of be played the same. Which is, uh, you start turtling and. Then you just get as strong as you can, and then you just try to do these massive attacks that, in one fell swoop, attacks or these huge uh, assaults after you sort of turtle and defend and build up your uh, abilities. Kemet throws that out the window for the most part and sort of forces you to be aggressive right away. Um, you don't have to, but you quickly see the v- validity of jumping right into battles because the premise of the game is you are an Egyptian god. Uh, our demigod and you have all these followers and to you their lives mean nothing (laughs) you can always get more (laughs) you can always get more followers so sacrificing them to in a battle in your honor is probably an honor to them and they're happy to do it (laughs) and so you really get to the best part of the game is it just gets lets you play with all of these astoundingly fun powers and abilities that you purchase from the market, the equivalent of the market um, to compound your own strategy and make your strategy. And it's just, it's so fun. It's so fast. It makes me feel like um, I have a lot of fond memories of 1998 playing Starcraft for the first time and losing so much of my life to Starcraft Same. and the, the, the sense of Starcraft, just the like eye opening realization of how fun uh, that a video game design can be reminds me of Kemet where in Starcraft, you just, the battles are so fun and you could augment these battles and you could like try to play off, uh, incorporate different things into your strategy and your guys and see how they affected the opponents. You can do that here. You're having a ton of battles and you can change the way you do things many, many times throughout the game. Um, which just allows you to just have this thrilling experience. So I was so surprised at how smooth and fun Kemet was despite being a straight up aggressive a game like people who are shy on flavor to player aggression i even i don't know i feel like they probably wouldn't like this game but i would i would suggest <laughs> at least trying it because there's no like if it's that's all the game is it's not a take that thing it's a i know you're gonna try to slaughter me and i'm gonna slaughter you so there we're both in agreement here yeah <laughs> and survival yeah exactly and there's no like well you kicked me out of the game it's nope i all my followers dies but that I don't, that's okay there's more people i can recruit because they they love me i'm the cat goddess so, <laughs> or or the alligator guy, so or crocodile guy. So, anyway, I just loved Kemet's uh, approach to dudes on a map game, and uh, I think it's one of the best, uh, one of the best versions of that. All right, yeah, uh, I have not played Kemet myself, but um, oh, really? Oh, what's, what, this is becoming the list it. of games we need to bring to upcoming game nights Isn't that it? we haven't brought recently. I thought yeah, you no, got one I, in. Uh-uh. Oh, um, I'll definitely bring that one. Oh, yeah. in. I, have yeah, the, that I just got the expansion be... that I haven't played. That would be interesting. Um, it it sounds interesting for sure. Uh, dudes on a map games are typically not a hundred percent my cup of tea, but yeah. it uh, it really depends on on the game. There are some I like, but um, I, I look forward to it. 
All right. So my next one, my number three, is uh, one I've mentioned before in a um, played recently, uh, but not super recently. Uh, World's Fair 1893. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard some good reviews. I bought it. I looked at it. (laughs) <laughs> and promptly was like, this huh. looks like total garbage. <laughs> um, okay, so this literally just looks like something that they're just, like they gave away at the World's Fair in 1890. <laughs> and uh, and so I'm like, okay. Like something you'd get with your ticket. Like right. it's so cheap. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Here right. you go. This costs us nothing. But I was determined to, uh, to give it a try because that was back when I was first starting to collect games and where I actually thought I could play them as right. I got them. Um, and I played it with, uh, with my wife and, uh, one of my kids and we played through and really enjoyed it. And it, it, uh, was a kind of a whole new take on, uh, area control and set collection and really combined things in, uh, in a very cool way. It could have been a hundred different themes. Uh, the art could have been 10 times better, um, but the mechanisms were all exceptionally refined, uh, brought together, I feel like, in a fairly unique way um, in this that you, you know, whenever you place on a section, you take all the cards from that section. But if it's a section that's really in contention, uh, it's going to have fewer cards because more people have placed there. So the, the more attractive areas tend to be the ones that people aren't in as much you know so you you want to do one thing but you feel kind of feel like you really need these cards uh so it's kind of a nice back and forth and uh and it's to me that was super duper interesting and definitely a surprise i did not expect to like it as much as i did and i still would probably put this on my my top probably 30 games yeah that's that's another one Uh, i haven't played a long time and i would love to play that again so put it on the list that's a good one kirsten and i will always play that anytime anywhere so i like that game a lot too i really that was just this the um, i don't know i just like the design once you once it's out and you're playing the design layout it makes total sense and it's actually really well designed that way it's very well designed to incorporate uh, I love the Ferris wheel effect. I love how it works that you actually are kind of going around a Ferris yeah. wheel in effect. It's got you in the theme for totally, sure. Yeah. But yeah, it just looks. I mean, it's not the old. art's bad it's, and it's not old. Like <laughs> ethnos feels faded. Ethnos no, feels no. faded old. Like you can see like, oh, this game it in the sun. Nope. That's as bright as they got the colors. Um, <laughs> it's more just like, it's just a lot of stuff put in there and they use a lot of white backgrounds. If I remember correctly yes. too, which is kind of odd. Um, White backgrounds and and like bright colors. Really yeah, bright colors. yeah. And so I mean, it's not bad, but yeah, it definitely looks like it's. I don't know. It's yeah. it's not the worst ever, but I get it's what you're saying. One. Yep, World's Fair 1893. That's my number three. All right, my um, four is uh, my cop out <laughs> because this one is more of a uh, genre than a specific game. I'll, I'll name a couple, but uh, I've just been having really fun time lately recapturing uh small small games small really little games we just bill and i just played one deep sea adventure before we started recording um which is just really interesting and fun and i haven't i don't play a ton of i mean i play filler games a lot but typically it's usually a little bit more 
meaty games games on at least an hour plus games but i've been playing a lot of filler games or small games lately and just having um a lot of fun like one of the a couple ones i'll mention is uh Anthelion is one that we talked about before i really like that game it's an interesting design uh gloom is a game i haven't played in a long time but i like gloom a lot it's an interesting design um and you see all of these really fun innovations on standard mechanisms in small games it's their little take on it because and and usually tied really heavily towards whatever their theme is and just this amazing amount of creativity for a simple mechanism or theme tie-in structure um and so i've just been really enjoying that lately of playing these little games and seeing um little tweaks that designers will do and their take on it and how they make it their own in a lot of ways and some of them are fall flat some of them you can see where they were going but just like i felt like you could have probably redesigned this a little bit and maybe made this better or um and some of them are just like blow my mind and are like wow that's so clever that's really interesting that's such a creative way to work around this problem or address this issue or make this unique again your own style so and i think that's uh, i kind of equate that out to um writing sure um professional writers will tell you writing a novel is easy (laughs) writing a good really gripping short story is the hardest writing there is yeah um and i think it's kind of the same uh with with games in that i think anyone can design a gigantic game sure just toss in enough mechanisms and enough stuff and enough this and enough that until it's it's gigantic and you can play through it and anyone can design something like that right i feel like it it takes a special burst of inspiration uh, a special way of looking at design um just something unique where uh, in, in a smaller game because it's kind of a one-trick pony mm-hmm. in that you can't hide the lack of a game right. in mechanisms yeah. because your your small game is going to be one mechanism, yeah. maybe two, mm-hmm. if they're really, really synergistic. <laughs> um, and so And it's such a small space that you have to make whatever that mechanism is carry the whole game. Right. Whereas in a larger game, if you've got a dozen mechanisms in there none of those mechanisms are carrying this game right they're all just just a, a piece of the puzzle and people are going to kind and, of gravitate towards the thing that's most interesting to them because yeah. they have the space to do that right. so yeah but but these these small games they have to do what they do really well and they have to do it over and over and over and over again right you know you can't just it, it's these these tiny games aren't just like up oh, i played it once and i'm done yeah i mean they have to be replayable on top of only having the chance to to highlight one mechanism so i i think that's uh one of the greatest achievements you can have in game design is to put together some, a, a really really solid yeah, small game satisfying. That's, that's unique and and has good choices and deep strategy yeah, I, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And mostly it's because my wife and I, with having a five-year-old, a lot of times when we, we don't get, we get less and less time to play than we used to, uh, it seems. And so when we play something, it's usually something shorter. Lately, just out of necessity, we are just, you know, go somewhere and bring a small game. And so we've played a lot of Roll and Rights and we're at this point with Gonshon Cleaver, we both have like the depth of strategy. I think we figured it out. Like we're now we're just trying to surprise ourselves with that game. Just be like, all right, what if I don't do purple at all? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, and still a fun game to play, but yeah, I just, that's totally, that's not exactly it on the head is that you can't hide bad design in a small game. You, Mm -hmm. you have to, 
you're going you're going to do everything that game has to offer and um so they're really you're going to like it or you're going to not and it's going to you're not going to fall oh, it's okay but you're not going to go back to it if it's not satisfying or at least not well done so just uh that's been my biggest joy in fact speaking of gloom gloom is one um i definitely i want to revisit i don't own it but i know people do i keep seeing it at the game store in the bargain bin i'm just gonna pick it up one of these days i don't know why i haven't joe has it he brings it to, oh does he to okay game night sometimes yeah I, I still like gloom i still remember my experience with gloom is my friend buying it and then opening it up and it stank so bad because of its plastic cards yeah and it's that new plastic it's smell, smell yeah <laughs> it's like i think they solved that issue with later reprints but it smelled so bad this is extruded <laughs> plastic smell um, but it's such a clever design with the uh, transparent cards. And so you, as you stack your cards on top of each other and try to make people so depressed that they die, <laughs> um, all of these uh, variables um, are, are exposed or covered up. And then so you're placing it on your people and then other people's people. You're actually trying to make them happier. And, and so um, it's just a fun back and forth game with such a silly, ridiculous concept. So Gloom of all those is one that I, I guess that'll be my my place taker the biggest surprise okay all right my number i guess this would be my number two um is a game we have not played in a while but i'm pretty sure you've we've played it um i used to bring it to game night a lot um and it's kind of an unassuming looking egyptian themed game called imhotep yeah oh yeah and uh it sort of suffers from the whole real generic looking um it's the art's okay it's fine um there's nothing like exciting looking about it uh it didn't get i don't feel like a whole lot of good marketing push uh it certainly looks better than ethnos but um, sure but i i didn't expect a whole lot from it i just want kind of got it to see you know what what the fuss was about because i'd seen a few good reviews and stuff and it was i think i got it on sale or something but um very cool game uh it has a lot of really really interesting choices um it's got uh, multiple ways to score it's um the board pieces are all modular so you can play on an a side or a b side so potentially uh you could play you know dozens of different layouts um and it's kind of all about basically you can do uh, two things, one of two things on a turn. You can load a boat with one of your cubes or you can sail a boat that has at least two cubes on it um, or one cube, at least one cube, at least half full, I think, um, to some to one of the final destination locations. And then those cubes that are on the boat, whether you're, your color, somebody else's color, whatever, they score in that location. Um, and that's the whole game. And there's a lot of strategy between, you know, hey, do I try and load this boat up? Do I try and get onto a bigger boat so that even though I see other people are going to score, at least I get in there? Because the order that you go on the boat is the order that you score in. Right. So uh, a lot of that, and, and you may be loading a boat and somebody else may decide they're going to sail you to a place you didn't want to go. Right, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, well that, okay. But, you know, you could have sailed your boat there without an, the extra piece. So it's, it's really almost like a press your luck sort of thing. But when somebody takes their turn to sail you somewhere else, um, they don't get to place 
a cube on a ship. So you kind of sort of have to balance that out. How badly do I want to make sure somebody doesn't make it to the location that I want to yeah. get to later versus how many cubes do I want on these ships? So it's, it's actually really, really neat. Uh, if you have not played this, it's, uh, you, you should, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a very, very cool game. Uh, definitely took me by surprise, just the amount of replayability and the different options of scoring and that choice of you have the one thing you can do on your turn and you, you have the ability to just completely skew how the game is going uh, a million percent. Um, I know math guys, that's not a thing. Um, (laughs) But you, you have all these these options in just this really simple choice. And I, I thought that was exceptionally well done. It, it sort of felt like a smaller, tighter game in a bigger box, bigger setting. So uh, I've actually been meaning to bring this again because I'd kind of like to get it to the table again. It's uh, fairly quick to play. Uh, it's two to four <laughs> players. Um, it's relatively easy to explain. And uh, it's one of those games where you get with the right people and you could play it two or three times in a row. It's maybe 20, 20 minutes or so a game. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's reasonably quick, but, uh, it's Imhotep. Nice. Yeah. I, re- I like that game a lot. I remember playing that. Uh, it's been a while as well, but I, it is, it's a simple game, but it is really interesting. I love the, the boat thing is so fun. Cause it can be so like, it's such a, like a tense thing where you're like, all right, I think I know you're going to go. I'm going to put this here. Yeah. Don't screw me. But yeah. then they can because they know what you need. And so right. you can kind of hurt yourself <laughs> just to hurt someone else. But you start getting something probably. But And order matters too in some oh, of, totally, some of yeah. the scoring. So yeah. if you, you know you don't want to be the second block on the ship, uh, you know, but the third one would get you what you need. And then somebody sails a ship to the place you need, and you were the second block. And you're like, well, that doesn't do oh, it. Damn yeah. it. It's a waste. So, so you've been kind of building, and yeah, so it's, uh, I, I, I love the choices. There. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really, it's really fun. And just the physical, the physical ships are the physical cubes and ships, and the way, also the way that the scoring mechanisms stack, like the, the pyramid you can build, and then I'm trying to remember, what's the other things there? Um, pyramid there's like the chamber of secrets where you have to you want blocks adjacent to each other oh yeah like yeah the most and yeah so it's like arranging uh, them and there's like a tower uh, the yeah the stack height yeah, yeah like uh, the obelisks and um and then uh then there's the marketplace where you buy cards that oh yeah, yeah give you like yeah thing scoring things and buffers uh, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so yeah it's, yeah uh, so it's got all these very, very, cool. very fun egyptian it's very simplistic but perfect tie-in so yeah i like that game a lot i'd love to play that one again once again add it to the pile of things we're gonna play <laughs> in the next couple of weeks yeah <laughs> all right um so my last one is um uh, i kind of mentioned roll and rights or just small filler games and this is one i played a while ago but i just i think about it every once in a while and i was trying to think of what surprises to add on this list and i think uh it they didn't like blow my mind or anything like that but it was surprisingly satisfying for what it was uh, and this is Welcome Two. Uh, you ever played this? I have not. Yeah, but I really want to. It's really, it's a really interesting, uh, fun game. It's it's um, it's very basic. You're basically it kind of designing um, uh, a suburb or 
so basically, it's drawing cards, and the cards allow you to do things to augment. So it's kind of a blank slate suburb and allow you to augment things. Like one of them is like building fences, and you can divide the size and coverage of fences. Um, you get a certain amount of points. One of them is like scoring swimming pools. You can you X out these these uh, properties, these houses, and some of them are they're all. It looks like a cookie cutter suburb, except there's a little difference in some of them. Swimming pools, some of them have different um, characteristics that you need to keep in mind. And so you're claiming these properties in certain order based on the cards that come up. And I also, it's been a while since I played, but I'm pretty sure if I remember this correctly, there is an indicator on what type of thing is coming up next. So you can forego choosing something because you know not exactly what's coming up, but what category is potentially coming up. And so you can kind of claim it. So it kind of reminds me of rolling rights where you're, you're marking off your sheet as you go. But it's designed in a really clever way, and also the it's like a flip and write, like sort of like you yeah, cards it's cards. And it's so not it's, it's not like, dice, it's a, yeah, like a roll and write, but with with, with cards, cards instead yeah. of dice. That's a really cool idea. Um, but it also you the house numbers come into play too, so it's not just what's available. It's like you have to do it by the house number that's available, and then you can forego. Obviously, like most roll and writes, you do one thing, you forego doing other things. Um, but the thing that I think makes it just so tied is it's got that sort of fifties era suburban themes and suburbs were like new and amazing um uh theme and the graphic design is so tight it's so well done on this game it just looks really good and you have these sheets of this neighborhood and it's it's just really well done you you, you can really look close at it and see tiny little fun details that they didn't have to put in they could have made this way more abstract but they put a lot of work into the graphic design and so it's just kind of a fun game to experience and a really really good take on a roll and write or flip and write uh, game so yeah, I've heard really really fantastic things about it I definitely would like to try it at some point for sure do you want it do, you do want I want it oh I, they said do you want to and I was like no, do I want to what do you want it <laughs> do you want to own it because <laughs> you should buy it um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't my uh, my friend Alex owns it and he uh, introed it to me <clears throat> and I really just yeah it's one of the games that I've seen at the store a lot and it's one of the one that i'm like i should pick that up i'm like ah, i don't know there's other games ah but i keep seeing it ah but it's not that expensive ah, i don't know it's one of the games i always go back and forth on that but uh i, I don't own it but i thought i'd seen it at game night in the last couple months i don't know who had it i don't think it was a regular person but i thought i'd seen it we've had a lot of drifters yes a lot of people popping in and out but uh but anyway, definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very satisfying for what it was. And uh, it, if I remember correctly, it plays a... If, I, don't have to, I should look it up, actually. Um, it plays... Uh, I will look it up right now. I'm just curious what the play... Oh, my internet just die. Nope. Okay. It's just really slow. It uh, plays... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's why... It says one to one hundred players, so there is no limit to the players. I okay. was like, I think it plays a lot of people. Yes, it does. All the people, um, <laughs> all the people possible. So you can, you know, you you can play a nice large group, which is also really great because there's rare games that aren't social deduction that play a, a lot of people. So yeah. um, that's another cool thing about it. All right. Well, my number one, uh, we have talked about in a previ- previous episode when I we both had to apologize to Eric Lang several times. <laughs> um, it's not that game, though. It's the other one. Um, so it's Sushi Go. And this was a surprise to me because you see a ton of these small tin or small card games where it's like, you know, 
shirts versus otters or something, right? right? Gimmick, gimmick, yeah. Games, yeah. And, and you're like, um, okay, you know, uh, but they're not good games, you know. And there's just so many of these just generic, tiny little games that they want to sell for ten dollars at Target or what have you, and uh, and they're basically just like. A version of Go Fish or right. something just a reskin hearts yeah. or spades or whatever. And uh, and I sort of expected that from Sushi Go, and that it just it's kind of it it's fun and chibi looking, but still kind of generic and you know sushi. And you're like, okay, so it's a fun f- food game. Okay, <laughs> how fun? Oh, it's a deck of cards. This is gonna be fun, um, but it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing and um i love it it is it is a drafting game a 100 percent drafting game you literally take a hand of cards you everybody has a hand of cards they take one card put it face down hand all the rest of the cards to their left and then flip that card and it goes around until everybody has a whole tableau full of cards in front of them and they score based on sets and different rules, have scoring rules. Um, there's also Sushi Go Party, which a lot of people prefer because it's modular and um, you can take in and out different sets of cards and you can kind of mix and match. And um, basically you could never play the same game twice if right. you played it a million times in a row. Um, I'm kind of old school. I still sort of prefer the original uh, just because I feel like those are the easiest to explain. They're the easiest to get. They're the easiest to just sit down, pull out these cards, Mm -hmm. deal them out, and play instead of having to, you know, get out the menu board and pick cards and then take some in, some out, uh, explain to everybody what they do and all that. And by the time you actually get ready to deal the cards, it's been 10 minutes. Um, maybe it's it's a richer gameplay experience. It does play more uh, than Sushi Go by itself does. Um, I think Sushi Go plays six, five, uh, six, mm, five. Yeah, it's five or, yeah, it's five or six. Five yeah. or six. Um, but uh, anyway, I... I prefer the original, but it it did it blew me away. I thought it could easily have been just another throwaway generic, you know, impulse buy card game at the store. Right. And, it looks uh, like it, but it, it, it definitely does. is much better game. It does, but it is it is a great solid game. It's got a lot more depth than you would think. It's super easy to explain. You can play it with young kids you can play it with old people we've played a game night um we've played it so many times my wife doesn't really love playing it anymore we've played <laughs> it a ton. but uh that's that's my my number one surprise yeah from a design perspective so that sort of introduced me to the concept of like a pure drafting game uh, i'd seen games that had some drafting elements in it but that was that's the one that really uh, put drafting on the map for me as yeah. a as a solid mechanism, and that that goes back to what you were saying, in that, uh, or what I was saying, or what we were agreeing on, <laughs> um, was that a small game like that has one mechanism, maybe right. two if there's a lot of synergy there, and uh, it it has to highlight that, and it has to be all about that, and this does a great job of taking drafting, which is a 
side mechanism in most games and turning it into a core mechanism. Uh, and it does it better than any other game I know of. Did you know that same guy designed that and Imhotep? No. Yeah. Sushi Go and yeah, Imhotep? It's the same designer. Whoa. <clears throat> I Phil Walker Harding. Phil Walker Harding, you beautiful you bastard. You beautiful bastard. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking it up in uh, his profile. He's literally holding a copy of Imhotep. <laughs> his profile pictures. Then. Um, <laughs> huh. Well, shit. Learn something <laughs> new every day. I love that guy, apparently, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it's a great game. It's it's one everyone should have in their collection just for because it's just it's a great intro game. It's a great filler game. Like you said, it's all ages. Uh, it's just cute. It's fun. It's well designed. The sushi looks ridiculously cute. It's fun to watch people play it for the first time and see them collect more nori than they ever need. And then, then be like, you should probably stop collecting nori at this point. You've won the nori. And then and then they kind of get. It just it's fun because there's a deeper strategy than you expect for a card collecting game, yeah. um, and I agree. I've played Sushi Go Party, and at this point, since I've played Sushi Go enough, I prefer Party just because I know the strategies and I like the variety mix. But um, I don't own it. I only own Sushi Go, and uh, it's definitely it's not a game I'm looking to get rid of either. So I feel like it's stands up to time too because that's definitely that's an does. older game, and at this point, it's 2000. Six, something like that. Maybe even older than that. It may be older than that. Yeah, uh, but it's 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 a game you can play with hardcore gamers in between, you know, big games of you know scythe or whatever. Um, but y- you can also sit down and play it with your kids and have a great time. So oh, there's so so few games that I can make that claim. But. 2013, not not even close to as old as I thought it was. Oh, I thought know, it'd been older a lot, around a lot longer. It's a than modern that. day classic. So then that's what makes it a classic because it feels like it's been around forever. Yes. But but anyway, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Walker Harding is an immortal. He's never died. I love that guy so changed. much. <laughs> All right. Well, that does our lists once again. Uh, mine were not in a specific order, <laughs> but um, but I think we covered some pretty good games, and those are, uh, I think, I think all. I'm trying to think. No, we didn't have any that we were just like, yeah, and this game sucked, but it really surprised me. So no, no, these were all pleasant surprises. Uh, I think we've had a very positive day. I, don't think <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Good for us. And we're, I'm sure we'll be reporting soon as we play through these again and re re surprised over the next couple of gameplays. Yes. Play good for you. Good for me. Yeah, good for you, audience. Yes, listening <laughs> audience. You guys are. You guys really, really. You really had brought a it treat today. today. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. We can tell from the future when you'll be listening to this. Thanks for the support. (laughs) Speaking of support, if you want to reach out to us directly, you can uh, reach us at Roasted Games 1 on Twitter. You can check us out on our Facebook page. You can go to our podcast network page, eavesdrop.com. Uh, E-S-E-D-R-O-P.com and find our game, our our, game, our, our, uh, our Roasted Games uh, website page and leave us a comment there. And we would love to hear from you guys. We're also on Instagram at uh, Roasted Games. Oh, yes. I always forget one of them. So many now. Yeah. So uh, I've been posting on Instagram uh, games that we've been talking about on the podcast. So if you're curious what some of these games look like, um, follow us on Instagram and be amazed. Positivity. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So um, we'll be touching base with you guys, obviously, uh, next week. But we'll be letting you know in the... We talked about last podcast, but... Uh, early August hopefully we'll have some game news on our game and then we've also been talking about a bunch of cool things that we want to 
offshoot the podcast uh, from the podcast. So hopefully we'll have some news um, on that as well in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for exciting, exciting updates. Yes. And maybe a contest. Ooh. Yes. Get ready for that. That actually is going to be really fun. That will be fun. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talk to you later.